Hello, seedlings. Welcome to this podcast, Be Like a Tree, a podcast that explores how we as human beings can be inspired by lessons learned from trees. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly, trauma-informed psychologist, founder of Taproot Psychology, and tree lover. Today, we're going to be welcoming Charlene. Charlene. I know, I said it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Charlene. Charlene, <laughs> listeners, if you can hear this right now, I have it written down. I practiced together. <laughs> we practiced over and over. And I was like, Charlene. Practice makes progress, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Practice makes progress. Okay, Charlene, can we start off by just asking you to introduce yourself? Sure. Hello. Well, I would like, first of all, to thank you so much, Dr. Kelly, for having me on your podcast today. It is an honor to participate in this wonderful project that you have going on. So thank you. And to say a little bit about myself, I am a retired teacher, school teacher, uh, who decided to take a leap of faith towards her purpose and um, continue my journey as a growth facilitator, but kind of change my ways of how I would help people grow. So no longer in schools, but more in uh, settings such as coaching and um, embodiment, movement, meditations. Right from the start, I I find myself smiling just in the way that you phrase that in terms of I am a growth facilitator. Yes, (laughs) very passionate about growth. Could you describe to us a bit more about what growth means for you? The first thing that comes to my mind is the theme of your show, (laughs) Be Like a Tree. You know, Um, I perceive myself as being part of nature uh, in more in specific, you know, the body. And when you think about humans, we grow from a cell to a baby and then our body keeps on growing. And I feel like the journey on earth is all about growth. So in that sense, I feel like for me, my purpose is to support people in their growth in whatever way I can. And well, one part that I kind of left out in my introduction is very important that has helped me on my personal growth journey is my connection to the art of dance. So I started dancing when I was little. Uh, Well, not so little. I was 11 years old. And um, I was very passionate. I became very passionate about the art very early. And I would eat, sleep, breathe, dance, watch dance movies and um, decided to start a professional career. So up until this day, I don't think I have ever stopped dancing. <laughs> I have hiatuses, <laughs> but um, yeah, so basically uh, helping people grow with uh, the talents that I've developed on my journey. I really was struck by that, uh, that image, you know, and you said, as a human, we're going through like, those stages of development from fetus to baby to young child to adolescent to adult to continuing on. And it definitely just made me think about that, that process of a tree growing, you know, from seedling to sapling, sprouting, trunking, yes. so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was making me really kind of light up a bit was when you described that first dance class, you know, like 11 years old, 
do you remember what it was and what you were doing? Uh, well, I was a figure skater. So the way it started, actually, for me, I didn't want to dance. <laughs> what? A figure was, skater? Yeah, well, growing up, I was a bit of a, tom- a tomboy. So I was, you know, I was I was tomboy. I had a big brother and I wanted to be just like him. So I was doing a lot of boy stuff. But one thing that was more girly that I was doing was figure skating. And I got to a level at some point where my coach and my parents said, okay, um, in order for you to continue growing as a figure skater, uh, you will have to start taking ballet class to work on your flexibility and your strength. And me as a tomboy, I was like, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going, you know, what we're not going to do is wear a tutu. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but then my, my parents kind of con- convinced me and they said, you know, if you don't like it, you can always jump out. I was at that point going to high school. So I started this intensive program where I was figure skating and dancing at once. And there in the first few months, I gave up figure skating and focused solely on dancing. I had a complete uh, shift, fell in love with the art, fell in love with the community and all that it would bring and how I felt in my body as well. It's making me think about how sometimes growth doesn't come from places we expect or that we even want, right? It like to think something that you're you're asked to do and you're invited to try. And then now your whole life is built around movements and dance. Yes, yes. And to say dance has been really the catalyst to everything positive, like all the positive things in my life. Well, not all, you know, I'm generalizing right now. Totally am. But the most striking experiences that I've lived Um, the highest joys that I've lived were often around dancing. So for me, um, I feel like it played such a big role in my life that I really at this point want to share that with others and what it can bring into their lives. What does it feel like when you dance? Oh my goodness. It feels like freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it feels like freedom. It's that one moment where nobody can tell me what to do. You know, I'm free to do whatever I want with my body in that very specific moment. I have to say it was not always like that. You know, it was transition. It was a shift that happened at some point where I started seeing dance this way, that before Dance was more like a control, control thing that I had to kind of fit into a mold with, you know, classical ballet, which is very, yeah. you know, classical. That's, that was the beginning of my training. Basically, what I was doing only classical ballet, which I really enjoyed, um, but it doesn't necessarily give you the same feeling as when you're doing something like uh, Latin dancing or something like even tap dancing or something like free dancing, you know, ecstatic dancing where you're absolutely giving yourself all the possibilities. Yeah. It feels like freedom now, (laughs) but sometimes it can feel like other things, you know, I feel like you can bring on a lot of feelings with dance. That's what I was thinking about, because even when you were describing the different forms of dance movement, you know, at one point you threw up your hands, you're like a free dance. And I was like, I could just picture you kind of moving and doing your your Latin kind of 
techniques or your tap and just completely being able to influence your emotional states when you when you move you know yes yes absolutely I like that I like how you said that you can influence your emotional state and that is a real thing um you know you can bring on emotions Think about when you watch a certain dance performance. Have you ever watched where you think you can dance? Of course. Are you kidding? <laughs> Obsessed. You know, so you get that feeling when you watch them. So it's the same when you do it. But when you are actually dancing, you are the one deciding what you're, what what the feeling is going to be. Or sometimes you can tell yourself, you know, <clears throat> I'm giving myself a white card and see what comes through. You know, uh, you can get to, to to just give your your put your mind on the back seat and let your body kind of do whatever it wants to do and then see how you feel. Ah, you so know? It's, yeah, so it, it's different forms. So it's something about sometimes using dance to get in touch with your emotional state and then expressing it. And then it's sometimes about bringing on an emotion or shifting an emotion so that you can feel, for example, sadness. Yes. Yes. And then what you're talking about here is, you know, what I would label as embodiment of an emotion. You know, when you are moving through a situation that brings on harder emotions, one of the ways that I have to help myself move through the situation is give that feeling a shape with my body or a movement with my body and let that happen because movement is a form of expression and expression is a human need you know but we often think of expression as speaking to somebody else writing sometimes maybe painting but definitely dancing you know it's been used for centuries (laughs) by many communities that we dance together to express. And that's something that everybody can do, you know? <clears throat> that shared form of humanity. And, you know, it's making me think about when I was thinking about naming this podcast, actually. I was like, oh, think like a trio, that's taken. But think it's not quite what I mean. Mm. Then I was thinking about, like, so many different versions of it. And they, then it came to be, be like a tree because it's about that embodiment and when we think about trees and that that sense of uh presence for me it does bring about that sense of embodiment and did you know that trees have emotions i sort of do but i don't tell me more about that yeah they feel and they love like who would have thought trees love Mm, I love that. <laughs> yeah. They they feel threat and then they'll protect each other from it. And so mm-hmm. it feels like the thing of that is important to learn from the tree is that they feel it and they accept it mm-hmm. and they move with it. And when you're describing your dance, it kind of feels really similar that we're both like swaying right now, that that feeling of the flow of emotions through us. Yes. I like everything that you have said about trees and the the connection with human and we are human beings, 
right? We could even say tree beings because mm-hmm. they are like us in the sense that, you know, our body is the part of us that is part of nature. If you think about, you know, a little bit of spirituality and the Trinity, you have the mind, the body and the spirit, the spirit being one unifying mind and body, you know, so um, consciousness moves through everyone and every being. We're all connected as for as long as we're alive. So I think it's a beautiful image to think of the tree as our bodies and how to treat our bodies with respect as if we were helping that tree or plant grow, you know, giving it the conditions that it needs to grow to its fullest expression, uh, to its fullest uh, Mm -hmm. beauty. So what is it to be as beautiful as we can be as human beings to me, but certainly involves dancing, you know? and growing in, in all the ways that we are, we have potential in growing. I guess for me, it's, mm-hmm. it's the, it's the growth. It's the movement. It's the, the breath. Mm. It's the practical stuff like eating and taking care of ourselves. It's the water. I, mm-hmm. I saw this meme the other day and it made me giggle and then I reposted it immediately and it was like remember all human beings are just more sophisticated house plants <laughs> and it was like <laughs> me- <laughs> pretty much pretty much you know it's all the con- it's all about the conditions a plant will grow if you put it in the right conditions I'm not saying I'm a pro at it but I know that if you put a plant in the correct conditions, then that plant will grow to its fullest potential if you continuously take care of the plant. So, you know, what does our body need? Like you said, we need nutrition, we need water, we need air, but we also need movement, we need rest, you know, and it's creating those ultimate beautiful conditions for us to grow. And oftentimes, when we think about movement, we're going to think about exercise. Oh, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to tell you something. Okay. I hate the gym. I don't use that word very often. <laughs> Let me take it back. Reel it back. I dislike the gym with a passion. <laughs> well, I just want to pause and notice that mindful moment and conscious awareness of your language. Yes, absolutely. We don't, we don't, we try not to use that word so often when it's not necessary. However, I don't like exercising. So, you know, being that I've been training as a dancer intensely from a young age, it just makes sense to me to make dance my exercise, you know, and not only that, then movement becomes enjoyable. You know, I feel like a lot of people, they go to, well, some people, they really do enjoy it, which has trouble understanding, to be honest. <laughs> but they do enjoy going to the gym and I, you know, I can completely get it. But for me, I have to have a daily movement that can be different, that can look, look different, but I can just tick that box that I moved intentionally today because the intention is, we're moving every day to give our body the conditions, the right conditions to go, to grow, to continuously grow in, in the way that we are, you know, we want to grow higher, higher vibration, more positive. So movement to me trans- doesn't translate to always the same thing. Got Sometimes it could be a walk. Very rarely I'm going to run. <laughs> Very rarely, very, very, very rarely. I really have to feel it. But see, when we're talking about embodiment of a of an emotion, I will run if I feel 
a lot of intensity in my sympathetic nervous system where I'm like, ah, you know, I have this fire, then I'm, I might, I might just go for a run, but not in the summertime. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you're saying something about intention. Yes. Observing what you need and acting on those urges. But it, I guess when I'm thinking about gymming and then I'm thinking about the movement and dance and movement medicine, mm-hmm. it's like it's all into the intention that we might have when we approach whatever it is we're doing. Yes. You can make those connections with movement as well. You know, you'd be surprised how much can arise in your mind if you give your body the conditions it needs to thrive. Because when you see the two are connected, they speak to each other, but the body doesn't necessarily have a voice. You know, it has to go through the mind to kind of express itself verbally so that others can understand the speech. But when you watch somebody dance, you can tell most times the emotion, if the person is dancing with their emotion, with their, what I call the, their higher self is, you know, embodied and they're expressing something through movement, you can often tell what is happening. Ooh. You, know, you can often tell the, th- the tone that is being co- portrayed, like a movement that is angry is going to be a straight movement, maybe faster movement. And then sadness might be more slouchy towards the ground and slow or happiness going to be like ooh, 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 more jumpy, you know, um, you know, different emotions take different shapes in your body as well. So, yeah, I'm thinking about the the response, the, the way that I'm responding to you and just watching you. And, you know, when I watch So You Think You Can Dance and like kind of feeling it and it's something about how the expression of the feeling then resonates with others and then with ourselves. Yes, absolutely. It's a form of communication. So you're giving your body a voice when you're allowing it to move. And it's a journey, you know, like a lot of us have not been taught how to move our bodies to its fullest capacity because of this, how society has shaped us or the, our environment, our individual environment might have shaped us maybe suppress some of this form of expression. And I find myself very grateful that, you know, my parents pushed me in that direction and that I, I developed a passion for that because now I'm realizing the importance that it plays in one's healing and one's um, growth journey, you know, self-development journey. It can really support, support you in your growth. Yeah. And I guess I'm thinking about my journey. And so when I was born, I was born with leg problems. So actually, my movement was stunted for the first portion of my life. And then throughout my childhood, I got in lots of accidents. And, you know, I won't go into too many details. But what it meant was, is that that is a part of myself that I'm still developing and working on in terms of being able to trust my body. Mm. And I think if we haven't had or if there's no emphasis on that, that trauma to to our external body, we might take it for granted or not fully be aware of how much it impacts us. Mm -hmm. Just listening to you, it's really reminding me about that journey in terms of like me trying to do PT in terms of trying to learn how to 
exercise and dance and just be in myself. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I felt the flutter in my heart for you just now. This is really exciting, an exciting place to be, to be on that, um, that journey of exploration of connection with your body and what your body can do and how you can work with it, you know. And uh, it's a beautiful development from, you know, the beginning of your life to now. And, uh, you know, again, we're like trees. The growth is ever evolving, you know, so from here in a couple of years from now, I'm excited to see where this curiosity is going to, to take you. Me too. And yeah. I guess I'll sh- it's very scary. And it, I, I guess I'm thinking about your excitement and your passion for this part of your life. And I'm thinking, wow, again, that it feels like freedom mm-hmm. in every word that you share with us. And I'm sure everyone would agree with that. There's something that you said that you're working on that really struck my ears when you said, I'm learning to trust my body. And that is a statement in itself because there's so much in our environment that is detaching us from that relationship of trust with your body. You know, there's so much that is trying to tell us what to do with our body, how to treat our body. And there's a lot of, you know, messages and even, you know, your body, your self-perception, not even to talk about the self-esteem issues and how you look at yourself in the mirror and how the media and everything is impacting our perception of ourselves constantly. You know, I feel like all of that is kind of chipping at this relationship of trust, you know, and I might go on a little spiritual tangent here, but for me, one of the things that I've discovered is that my relationship with my body is a direct mirror of my relationships with others in my life. So I have to make sure that I continuously work on this relationship because it affects my frequency and my vibration. And if you believe in you know, the law of attraction or the, you know, frequency vibrations and, and, and um, what you can attract with your frequency, then you start caring about that a little bit more and, and you start putting, you know, more effort into that relationship, whatever, how this relationship is fostered. But for me, movement is something that is crucial to keeping my, 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 frequency on on a good level and developing that trust is like oh what else your body can do Mm. how does it feel to do this you know and really get personal with how I feel when I move less how you look and more how you move yeah we should make that a statement you know like I like the way you move (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you're totally <laughs> trying to sing right now. Paget. <laughs> and I guess I'm thinking about how powerful it is to, to be able to trust yourself in your body and to know that it's got you and to know that no matter what, you know, if you're triggered and you responded, it will find a way to keep you alive if it can. You know, there's survival responses that you get into and you know, people always try to say, oh, 
I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. And yes, we can learn how to manage it, but it's something about that honoring of how your body survives and keeps you safe and trust in it. Yes. And it's so beautiful how you're saying that. And all this time you were talking, I could picture a tree going through seasons. You know, in your previous episode, you were talking about the seasons and how they affect vegetation and how certain certain trees, certain, well, most trees survive actually. And that, that really reminds me of me witnessing my first hurricanes ah. here in Bermuda and watching nature rebuild itself from devastation from, you know, some trees would not make it because, you know, they would get really cut at the trunk, bottom of the trunk. And then, you know, they couldn't survive. Um, but other trees, they would just lose all of the leaves. They would strip down all to the, to the branches. And then a few weeks later, already you would start to see new life grow on those branches. And I feel like this is such a beautiful reminder that, you know, we are like trees in the sense that, you know, your body is alive and ever evolving every seven years your fresh new um human being all of your cells have regenerated you know so doing what you can to foster that growth and trusting that this part of you the one that is the being the one that is like the tree is going to make it you know it's going to make it so you can trust that (laughs) <laughs> and develop that relationship that, wow, okay, my body is resilient, but I can also help my body. We don't always have to be resilient. You know, we can mm. take care of it. We can just, you know, make sure that we're being gentle and giving it what it needs, including movement, all of the things, mm. you know, so that we keep thriving. And it's something about the ease in that, that statement in terms of that space to do whatever it needs to do mm. and whether it be move I'm just picturing the hurricane still and the trees just waving in the wind or be grounded mm. or be soft or regenerate or, or grow just breathe. or just breathe that's something I learned too. Breathing is so, it's a big part of the, of the journey for me. And it's directly linked to movement because when you think about it, when you're just born out of the womb, the first thing that you do is you breathe, you know, and that brings on movement in your body. And I don't know if you've ever watched a baby breathe, you know, it's, it's so beautiful. And you could see, you know, the expansion of the rib cage and, how their belly move when they're breathing as well. And breath brings movement. And breath brings life. Exactly. Breath is life. Do mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when, I, when I'm working with people, you know, because I do a lot of trauma work, one of the things that we constantly are trying to teach people is how to breathe, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, I know how to breathe, Kelly. And I'm like, actually, we need to develop this a little bit more because everywhere we go, what do we have? We have our breath. We have our bodies. And we have our breath. So if we can learn to develop it, if we can learn to moderate it and regulate ourselves with our breath and body, then no matter what, we're going to be all right. 
Absolutely. And there comes the trust, trusting relationship. I love that. You know, um, your body's always going to be here for as long as you're here on this planet. And so is your breath. So there's a big piece of, you know, to tell you a bit about my journey. When I started my healing journey, I had no idea how to meditate. And I started with Deepak Chopra. Somebody sent me uh, the 30 day abundance challenge and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was the beginning of my journey. But one of the things that would cause me a lot of anxiety was when they were saying, pay attention to your breath. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and then I started paying attention to it. And then I was getting all nervous, noticing that I wasn't breathing even. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know how to breathe. What a failure. What a failure. I'm <laughs> this is it. I can't breathe. Like, how am I going to do this? You know, um, I'm much different now, but, uh, (laughs) well, it's hard. It is hard. You know, we gotta, I still can't do this. Well, I can, but I still find it challenging to do a sitting meditation. I have to do like something. I've started my journey to learning Tai Chi and, really becoming in tune again with the breath work and the movement and the energy. And so I really feel you when you say that. Yeah, I resonate with you as well. I mean, well done for for involving movements in your practices of the meditation, because yeah, for me, I quickly realized that sitting still in the meditative state could serve a purpose for me, but I gained more as a mindfulness practice to actually put that into movement and breath work. Um, The two for me go really hand in hand and I do them daily. That's something that I I am like, I've devoted myself to on a daily basis is to breathe and to dance. (laughs) There we go. And anybody listening, go ahead, put on three songs a day and let your body move so those three songs can be your favorite songs or i sometimes like to play with the universe and put my my apple music on random and see what comes up oh no 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 never <laughs> oh you, you're a selector you're a selector i'm a selector random uh, okay maybe the radio <laughs> okay well then you can do random in a specific playlist like if you have like afrobeat playlist and you put random and then you see the three songs that come through but yeah definitely movement And with the intention behind of giving yourself freedom to express anything that is, you know, one of the things that I remember when I started perceiving dance in that way of mindfulness is there's something that happened that that was really like a shift in my mind. It was like, okay, so there was a paradox of me being a dancer, but not wanting to dance in front of other people. (laughs) Uh, Okay. A little, okay. more. a little a little bit of issues here um tiny bit but it was hard for me if I wasn't on a stage performing a choreography to just dance and freely dance in front of others I felt the expectation for me to be a certain way and then it was too much pressure so I would often not dance in front of others unless I was on a stage so I was known to be a dancer but I wouldn't dance around other people Anyway, so uh, that also has changed with time. But where was I going with this? I was going to say it shifted. Yes, it shifted because when I was healing myself, I realized that when I was going through my challenges, my, my, my dark nights, 
of the soul, I realized that I wasn't dancing anymore. Okay. And then I was like, girl, you're not dancing? Why we're not dancing? Oh, because, you know, our life circumstances right now does not allow us to go to dance class. Our life circumstances right now does not allow us to do what we used to do in the way that we used to do it. But then I said to myself, if you can't dance alone in your house, there's a problem. Mm. Because right now, nobody's watching. You can free up like you used to, you know, you, you used to do it. Why are you not doing it anymore? Why are we shushing that part of ourselves? So then there was a shift for me because it's like, well, now nobody is watching and I'm literally free to do whatever I want. So it's a choice not to dance right now, not to That's put on those three songs. I choose not to do it because, you know, I don't know why. And that's something we should listen to. <laughs> yeah. When you said it's a choice, I was like, yeah, that's it. Because sometimes we put these limitations on ourselves without realizing that we're making a choice to do so. Right. So when we change it from a we can't to I am choosing not to do this at this certain point in time. Mm-hmm. And we realize our responsibility and our decision making in this situation and in other similar situations changes it, right? Yes. Because then you have to say, why am I doing that to myself? Why am I choosing not to dance mm-hmm. when I know what it does for me? Exactly. And it's available. It doesn't cost any money. All you need, you don't even need music. <laughs> you can sing if you need to. You can beat on something. You know what I mean? Like. It's really something that for me, I I had a realization that, A, no, dance makes you happy. Therefore, you will dance every day. There we go. (laughs) Love that. Every day. Every single day. Any occasion. (laughs) (laughs) So I am noticing that we're, we're about to come to the end of our time. And I guess I'm thinking about something that feels really special about you in this conversation is the authenticity and kind of thinking about your ability to just be in yourself. And that is one of the things that I love about our our green friends, you know, that they have an ability to just be themselves and be authentic. And you really kind of show us that with everything that you say and do. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's true. The trees, they are who they are. You know, you're not going to tell an oak tree that it's a sunflower. <laughs> it's going to grow to its fullest potential as an oak tree and give you oaks. Is it oaks? Mm-hmm. Acorns? Acorns. <laughs> I'm like, what is it? <laughs> English. Acorns. You didn't say that at the beginning, but English is my third language, guys. So I apologize for any mistakes. Actually, I don't apologize. I'm doing my best. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, that's quite all right. And so yeah. the acorns, but I guess, yeah, a, a tree doesn't choose to try to be something that it's not. It will express itself as the oak trees. Therefore, we must kind of take example on these beautiful beings because they're beings and you told me that they feel so they really are like us, you know, in a lot of ways. We're going to end today with one last question. Oh. Yeah. So thinking about the last tree that you saw, you could describe it to us if you like. 
if it had to impart some wisdom for us, what would it say? The image, it might not be the last one I saw, but the one that I see right now is a beautiful tall palm tree because that's the one type of tree that growing up, you know, I grew up in Canada, so I did not ha have access to palm, seeing palm trees every day. So I really value palm trees. And on another level, when I look at them, it means it means sun, it means tropics and beautiful weather, warm weather. I have beautiful childhood memories around palm trees as well. And having watched palm, tre palm trees behave in a storm, they can bend. Oh my yep. goodness, these trees are so flexible. They're amazing. I love the fruits that they give, the coconuts uh, that give so many, um, that give so much. I mean, nutritiously, the water, the taste, everything about it. I mean, I just love palm trees. They are beautiful. They are nourishing. They can teach us to be flexible, to go high and to infinity and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So, the wisdom is to go to infinity and beyond and to move as you do so. Yes, yes. And just sway like a palm tree in the wind. Thank you. And thank you for being here today. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Be Like a Tree. Let us know how you felt about today. Subscribe, share, every little bit helps. And we'll see you next time. And remember, stay rooted Stand tall, breathe, be like a tree. Cause you're free to be alone.